Welcome to Sports Rivals with Monty and Ernie, lively, entertaining banter on sports topics you want to hear. edition of the sports rivals that's ernie i'm monty and together we're going to cover a wide range of sports we're going to start today with uh football another tough loss for the for the warriors last night we'll go ahead and cover that we'll talk about the frank reich firing this week and the controversy surrounding that with jeff saturday coming from espn to coach right seemed to work though Ernie they won their first game today at Las Vegas mm-hmm. uh, we'll talk a little bit about that and some of the other happenings of course we'll get our top five there will be some changes in both of our top fives this week coming off Buffalo and Dallas surprising losses today in Buffalo's case the way it happened especially Ernie continues his unbelievable run. He's now won seven of his last eight another Ooh. two and all week for him unfortunately for me Oh, in two weeks. <laughs> oh, in two weeks for me. And then I, I've got my closing thoughts. And today, my thoughts going to be midseason awards in the NFL. But gang, first of all, we do have to. First of all, the fact that we're recording tonight to me is is somewhat of a miracle. My partner Ernie on Tuesday of this week suffered a stroke, uh, a minor stroke. Was hospitalized for a few days insists on giving it a goal this weekend so we're going to do the best that we can under the circumstances but the fact that he's here five days after a stroke trying to record for all of you is is something that i find remarkable and and admirable yeah so. just just don't mind the, the the speech the lack of speech just think of me as coming from a dentist and that's that's basically how i sound <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's as if he's pulled his wisdom teeth exactly. so we're gonna give it a run with that but i'm gonna start with uh football um some positives and some negatives they lose 41 to 34 last night but they have 560 yards of total offense right. which is about as robust of an offensive performance as they've had what really cost him last night is recently they didn't turn the ball over four turnovers last night four turnovers for the Warriors and that really was a problem including a pick six that put it out of reach at 41-24 there in the fourth quarter but some momentum you know to be able to put together 500 plus yards 560 yards of offense I think is a positive sign Um, defensively they held them to around 300 yards it was all of the turnovers and then capitalizing on it every single time that spelled doom for for the warrior men so they dropped now uh, to one and five in conference their fourth consecutive loss a couple of a couple of games left but uh another one of those too little too late comebacks and another uh disappointing loss for them yeah exactly i mean just the way that they approach the game coming from the week prior i mean that never give up attitude i'm very proud of them i and even though there's only two games left i really like the prospects that are coming back you got shrieker coming back he's only a sophomore i really like that second wide receiver uh till thailand uh from from plano texas yeah that guy's gonna that guy's gonna be special he needs to beef up his body he's 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 like 180 something i'm heavier than that guy (laughs) but he's only five seven but but very shifty but then again parsons is only five eight he's my height so so i really like i I really like how that he's gonna be coming back and 
the you know we're not losing that many seniors, so very very good looking prospects coming in. Hopefully for uh, next year. Yeah, so just continue to plug away. Keep that fight. Keep that fighting spirit. I think all of us can say that the Hawaii fans are, are behind you. We understand the circumstances. Just continue to fight. Develop those positive habits of a winning culture. And I think that's what really has to happen. We're changing the culture. We have to develop that winning mindset. And I think they're going to go ahead and do that. Now, in other UH sports, you had the Wahine win two matches over the weekend up on the mainland. They now keep their one game lead because Santa Barbara keeps winning in conference. Yeah, UH is now 15 and one Santa Barbara still right on their heels at 14 and two uh, with four matches left. I still like the, the Wahine position. I think they're going to win out. Um, but Santa Barbara's right there on their heels. And then UH basketball, their first regular season game uh, on Friday against Mississippi Valley State in the Rainbow Classic. They're playing, as we record right now, they're playing against Eastern Washington. They look good with an 18-point victory. Uh, big games from Noel Coleman with 22 points. Samuta Avea came back, played really well with 20 points. Um Shooting from three-point range, a little bit suspect. Everyone was shooting threes, which is surprising. Uh, Coleman hit f- uh, five out of ten. But a good start for the for the Warrior men, who have a lot of expectations this year. They're picked to be second in, in the conference. So wow. I think they're hopeful. And they look like if they can stay healthy, uh, they look like they have a fairly deep roster. I mean, they play ten guys. you know. So whether or not that, that rotation stays that deep, we're going to have to see. I'm a basketball fan, so I'm hopeful that they're going to be able to continue that. The Wahine, on the other hand, started on the road. A tough uh, couple of losses to start the season. A heartbreaker to Oregon State at the last second. And then they lost to UOP, University of Portland as well. But I think they're going to be fine with the Iolani sisters now there. Wahine Kapu, uh, Lily uh, coming back from the mainland. And then Sister Lefotu there as well. I think they're going to be fine. And that team behind Laura Beeman always gets better as the season progresses Mm -hmm. they're always playing their best which is why you know they do so well in the big west tournament so that's kind of a recap of uh sports as we are great progress for the wahine volleyball team again and the basketball team for the men a great start so let's transition to the nfl and again that's ernie and i monty we are the sports rivals i think first let's start with the surprise firing of frank Wright. i think that was surprising in and of itself the guy was like the, the toast of the town a couple of years ago as an offensive quarterback guru. They've rotated through quarterbacks for the last three years. And I think Robert Ursay just was like, forget this already. We're going to make a change. What was shocking and what was kind of controversial is that Jeff Saturday gets the position. He's a commentator right now with ESPN. Right. He was a consultant. He is in the ring of honor. He's a you know an all-pro former coach. So there, he has a lot of built-up um goodwill right. with with the Ursay family so he gets the gig i think the controversy revolved around the whole rooney rule thing and in this particular case you don't have to do anything with the rooney rule when it's a in season right. temporary hire which is what he is right now but of course if, if you can imagine if you're if you're somebody that is in favor of blacks getting an opportunity they had some african-american coaches on staff that could have been elevated up right um but they weren't jeff saturday's there so it is what it is but he won in his first game to, with four days notice the first thing he did is say matt ryan's going to be back in there ellinger is going back to the bench 
and then uh, they win. They they beat the Raiders. Exactly. Today. And to to, to to tell you the truth, I I don't have any problem with the way it worked out because your most uh, the most likely candidates that would be able to take over those positions are currently with with teams. So you know that presents a problem in itself. You know you can't really okay. I'm gonna go go ahead and take over the Colts. But I'm coaching, you know, so-and-so team. So for me, I have no problem with that. Other people may do, may, you know, there are a number of black coaches out there that are per se, you know, right for the job, if you, if you want to say that. But as, as, for, as for where it stands right now, I don't see any problem with that. Yeah. And so that, that, that's what happened that's this week off the field. On the field, Ernie... I'm going to start with my Rams just real quickly. The Rams in a battle of backup quarterbacks, both Kyler Murray with a hamstring and Matt Stafford with a concussion sit out today. It's battle of the backups. The Rams offense continues to sputter. They're just brutal. At this point in time, they're just brutal. And at the end of the game, what looks to be a severe leg injury to Cooper Cup, he could not put any pressure on his leg, was carried off the field. At this point, it doesn't look good for Cooper Cup and for the Rams. I jokingly told Ernie at this point, I mean, realistically... If Cooper Cup is out with all the other injuries that they have, there's a chance that the Rams don't win another game or win maybe one or two other games. I think they're going to be an underdog in every game for the rest of the year if Cooper Cup is out. They still have to go to New Orleans, then it's to Kansas City. They still have to play Seattle twice. Um, it's it's still a gauntlet for them. So (laughs) uh, Unfortunately, the Rams are not having the season that we all hope, but... We're still the defending Super Bowl champion. True, true, so true. when you when you get all down and the Rams fans on Twitter, if you follow them, they're they're screaming, they're upset, they're they're having a hard time. At some point, you just have to take a deep breath and say everything went right last year, everything's going wrong this year, but it was worth it when you have a Super Bowl title. Right. Not everybody does. So that's my Rams story. On your side, Ernie. TJ Watt comes back, yes. makes a difference. The Steelers beat the the uh, New Orleans Saints today, twenty to ten. Your thoughts on your Steelers? Yeah, I'm glad this. W- I mean, they had the bye last week, and I was very. I really didn't know if Watt was going to be coming back. I mean, they made they made a wait all the way until the end of this week to make it official that he was coming back. But yeah, he made a big difference. I mean, and you saw that in regards to Highsmith. Highsmith. Had several games where he wasn't getting close to the quarterback. Today, Highsmith had one and a half sacks, two tackles for loss. Uh, unfortunately, Watt wasn't able to get to the quarterback, but he did enough to he he did enough to make the, the disruptions and to take you know some of that double team that was uh, lined for Highsmith. And the defense really played well, especially the secondary without Mika Highsmith, who had an emergency appendectomy. Uh, oh, Fitzpatrick? Yeah, Fitzpatrick. Oh, is that it. why he was out? I yeah. didn't realize so that. He, so, he, so he was out, but, you know, the guy who they brought in, KZ, a, a wily veteran, made a really good interception in the fourth quarter uh, against Andy Dalton as they were driving, trying to, you know, get back into the game, and that kind of stopped, stopped their hopes. Najee finally had one of his better games, although he did not score that down. Broke up for uh, his longest run of the year. The Steelers surpassed 150 yards rushing as a team. Uh, when they were, you know, this is really tough for them because they're only averaging 94 as a team for the whole season. But Kenny Pickett is my concern right now because right now he's not playing with a lot of confidence. I do not, in any form or fashion, think that you know 
his struggles should allow Trubisky to come back. Right now, it's all in with with, with Pickett. We, it has to be done that way. You pull him on right now, you're going to mentally, he's, he's going to suffer. Because you can tell, when he makes mistakes, the Pittsburgh Steelers fans are booing him. And it, it affects him. Yeah. You know, so but like everyone else, I mean, especially as a rookie, and that guy has some gumption though. So you would think he'd yeah. be a little bit more mentally strong. I totally agree with you. I think they need to ride the course with him and let him develop with his receivers and let him develop with his offensive line because he is the future. I mean, yeah. at this point, Trubisky's not the future. No. You have to know if Pickett is the future or not. And I think they ride. I think they ride out with him. But Ernie, let's go through real quickly. I'll, I'll speed. I'll do one of those Chris Berman two minute. Uh, recaps of what happened in the nfl starting with the buffalo bills you know talk all week long under collateral uh injury for josh allen whether he was going to play or not you could tell the spread started at like nine ended up at like two and a half before the game (laughs) uh, started he did play um but the minnesota vikings down 17 points in the second half as they've done all year long Find a way to get a victory. They pull out a win uh, in overtime with Josh Allen throwing an interception there in the end zone as they're driving for the driving for the tying field goal. And I think Josh Allen, whether it be his injury or not, the last two weeks, four interceptions in the red zone, costly turnovers. And then the killer was at the end of the game, Buffalo's up 27-23. They stop Minnesota on fourth down, so they get the ball at the one. All he needs to do is quarterback sneak it for... Just quarterback sneak it, and they run out the clock. He fumbles the ball, recovered for a touchdown by the Minnesota Vikings to take the lead. He brings them back to tie it, only to lose in the extra frame. So believe it or not, Ernie, the Buffalo Bills now are in third place in the AFC East as Tua and the Miami uh, Dolphins roll the Browns today, 39-17. to Tua with almost 300 yards, three more touchdowns. They ran for almost 200 yards. They're now 7-3 and three leading the division. Yeah. Buffalo falls to 6-3, tied with the Jets. And then the Patriots are right there at 5-4. Yeah, and, four. and Tua's undefeated. Yeah, when games that Tua starts and finishes, the Miami Dolphins are now 7-0, and 0-3 when he doesn't. So like it or not, whatever you want to say about Tua, and this was last year as well, when he plays, they win. Yeah. I mean, he may not have all the arm strength and the height and, the, and all of those physical characteristics, but they're winning every time he's out there. Right. All right, so in your division, I mean, the Ravens still are at 6-3. and three. Not a lot going on in your division. The Steelers win, the Browns lose, so the Browns fall further into the basement there. Right. Tennessee finds a way to win again. They're at 6-3. and three. We talked about the Colts win today to go at 4-5. and five. The Texans and the Jags are disasters. One at 2-8 and eight or, and one at 1-7-1. One, and, one. and in the AFC West, the Chiefs win to go to 7-2. and two. The Chargers, as we speak, are still clinging to a 6 16-13 lead at San Francisco, which to me is absolutely shocking, but they're still leading 16-13, 2 minutes and 27 seconds left. They have the ball trying to ice this game. If they win, they go to 6-3, and three, which would be quite a surprise considering if you're watching that game today and you see who their receiving core is, it's, uh, it's remarkable. And then the two most disappointing teams not named the Los Angeles Rams. 
the Denver Broncos at three and six, and the Las Vegas Raiders now mm-hmm. at two and seven. So the AFC, you're really starting to see a separation. I think it's pretty clear now who the playoff contenders are. You have three teams in the, you have all four teams in the AFC East that's got a chance. You've got the Ravens and Bengals, really. You've got the Titans, and then you've got the Chargers and the Chiefs. So there's some big gaps there. Anyone can get hot, but there's some really big gaps there. Anything in the AFC you want to comment on, Ernie? No, I'm just trying to think if Pittsburgh has a chance. <laughs> I'm looking at all these teams. I think you're going to get two from the AFC East with Miami, uh, Dolphins, New York Jets, and the Buffalo Bills. Uh I don't see the Ravens and Cincinnati probably falling further, you know, into last con. Both of them have been uh, playing well. So it's, I mean, the AFC South is probably... They'll get one. The weakest division will only get one. But, you know, the Chargers are going to probably get in there, you know, with the Chiefs. So I'm just hoping that Tomlin can keep his... String going, but that's what I'm looking at right now. All right, so in the NFC, let's talk about the NFC, and, and again, some surprises in there. So let's start with the East. The Phillies, uh, I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles have not played yet. The Giants came back, they won, they beat the lowly Texans, so they're now at seven and two. The surprise, though, to me was that the Packers found a way yes. to come back and win and beat the Dallas Cowboys. So Dallas now falls to six and three, actually third place in the NFC East. And then the commanders, they play, you know, tomorrow night against Philadelphia. It's probably going to be a tough one for them. I would expect they go to four and six and Philly goes to, to nine and oh, but that Dallas loss in, in green Bay, three touchdown passes to Christian Watson, the much maligned rookie who are uh, Aaron Rodgers had, not a lot of positive things to say who was completely lost his confidence dropped the ball early in the game responded with three touchdowns including the game tire right before overtime Dak decent game three touchdowns quite a bit of yards two killer interceptions the one in the end zone right after the uh, Aaron Rodgers fumbles at the 10 Dak gives it right back to them uh, and then another one that allowed them to to score a second one in the first half a, a second touchdown so not a great game already seen some rumblings about people saying they miss Skip Bayless was saying oh I miss Cooper Rush I mean I miss Cooper Rush mm-hmm. uh, that's a little bit much but Dallas plays differently when it's Dak they don't run the ball quite as much now granted Zeke Elliott missed the last two weeks with a sprained knee but Pollard is still dealing so that's the NFC East the uh, NFC North again you have the Vikings running away with it they're eight and one the Packers snap a four game losing streak Um, so they're now three uh, four and six I believe and then the Bears lose to the Lions yeah costing me a pick there I had the Bears minus two and a half Um, the Lions come back and win that game despite Justin Fields being brilliant again other than one pick six the guy has gone two straight games with almost 200 yards passing and 150 plus yards rushing with multiple touchdowns uh he looks like the real deal but they fall a three and seven in last place there in the south the buccaneers win in germany uh they beat the seattle uh, seahawks 21 16 to go to five and five to lead that division atlanta lost the other day they're at four and six the panthers now have three wins and the saints have three wins mm-hmm. so there that division is not that strong the Seahawks now fall to six and four. Again, pending the outcome of the 49er game, they're at either four and five or five and four. We'll see what happens with that. 
And then my lowly Rams down at the bottom at three and six, right be uh, right behind the Cardinals who now have four wins. So that's a quick recap of the NFL. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that because I want to save Ernie's voice for his top five. I want to <laughs> see where he's going with his top five after another loss by Buffalo and one by Dallas. Yeah, I was trying to figure out if I should leave Buffalo in there uh, at number at least number five. Uh, because they are a very powerful team, but two losses in a row that dropped them out. I'm gonna replace them with. Uh, let me, well, let me start from the top. My top three haven't changed. Philly's still my number one, followed by Minnesota number two, Kansas City number three. That was the same thing that I had last week. The only changes are Miami at number four and Baltimore at number five, replacing both uh, both teams that lost today, which are the Buffalo Bills and the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Miami, I'm very impressed with him. With with Tua, what he's doing right now, if that keeps up, uh, there may they may there may be changes as far as if one of those top three teams keep on winning, I still might be able to have Miami leapfrog uh, if the wins look impressive enough. But that's my top five. All right, and. Gang, I have to apologize. The San Francisco Charger game, that was only the end of the third quarter, not the fourth quarter. So heading into the fourth quarter, it's 16-13 Chargers, but a whole fourth quarter to play for the 49ers. So here's what I have. Eagles at one. Vikings move up to two for me. They just keep winning. They're only lost to the Eagles. They're at eight and one. They are having one of those years where everything, they're having the opposite of what my Rams are having. Mm -hmm. Everything goes right for the Vikings. They find a way to win. They're there at two. Kansas City's right behind them at three, even if I think Kansas City's probably better than the Vikings. I I have them there at three. Miami at four, like Ernie talked about and we talked about earlier, they find a way to win. They've added Bradley Chubb. He's only going to help their defense. And offensively, they are clicking on all cylinders for the last three weeks. Miami's going to be a tough out if they stay healthy and then at five you could go in many directions but like you i think the ravens um i would probably slot them in there right now but if you had the giants at seven and two if you had dallas still in there at six and three i would have no complaints some of you may even have the bengals in there at five and four um i would have really no complaints but right now i have the ravens they had tough losses that they blew at home to the dolphins and the Bills, both of them strong teams, and then they lost in the road to the Giants, who's seven and two. So they have the best quality of losses. Right. So I'll I'll slide them there at number five. Now we talked about our picks again. That's Ernie and I, Monty. We are the sports rivals. We put together two picks every week. Ernie's on a roll. He's won seven of his last eight, three sweeps over the last four weeks, and then a split. Um, he had Pittsburgh, if you remember, he had Pittsburgh plus the two and a half. They won outright by 10. He had Tampa minus the two and a half. They won by five. If you remember, for me, I had, I changed my pick because of the threat of a hurricane on Thursday <laughs> night. So I dropped that game. Okay. Instead, I went with the Las Vegas Raiders over the Colts when it was Sam Ellinger as the quarterback. That didn't work out for me today. I lose that one, um, as well as losing the Bears, who blew a 24-10 lead uh, there. So I am struggling. Ernie's on fire. Ernie, where are you going with your two picks for this week? Well, this week I'm going to go with Indianapolis plus 9.5 right now uh, in in their matchup with Philadelphia. Philadelphia has been playing close games the last two weeks. I like the, the change of energy in Indianapolis. I think Saturday... Uh, probably provides that for them. I mean, it showed up in today's win. Uh, so take them plus the nine and a half. The, and I like the Raiders 
plus three uh, in Denver. Uh, just the line alone tells me that they're even, being that Vegas is traveling to Denver. I just feel that, to me, out of those two disappointing teams, Vegas is just, just the more disappointing team. They have, to me, they have the more upside. Uh, I kind of think that Denver is more related to Russell Wilson and, you know, the... I guess the chemistry, if you want to call it, with the his, his chemistry with the rest of the team. So I like the Raiders to come in and actually beat them outright, but I'll take the three points nonetheless. All right. So Ernie's got the Indianapolis Colts plus the nine and a half. He's got the Raiders plus the three. Now, for me, the obvious pick for me is to go against my Rams, yeah. you know, because I've done that in the past. However, the Saints are giving three to the Rams right now. I think that the Saints are going to cover that. The Rams simply can't score. Oh, yeah, and with Cooper Cup's injury, that's lights out. And Stafford's uh, injured. I just can't see the Rams scoring more than 10 points. And all that means that the Saints have to do is score 14. And I think they're going to cover. However, the Rams are down. And as a fan, I can't kick them when they're this far down. <laughs> you know, I could pick the 49ers a couple times when I expected the Rams to bounce back. But right now, they're at the bottom. They're, have, they're experiencing rock bottom. I refuse to kick them while they're down. So I'm going in another direction. And I'm going to go and take the 49ers who may or may not come back and win today but they're going to go down to Arizona next week and whether it be Kyler Murray coming back and or Colt McCoy I think the the 49ers are going to respond the way that they respond coming off poor for performances I think they go roll the Cardinals who have been a very disappointing team at home this year you know they've been losing every home game and winning road games so I got the 49ers laying the five and a half at Arizona and I'll also go against the Texans who find ways to keep the games reasonably close but not close enough I think the commanders go down to Houston and cover the two and a half so I've got the Washington commanders minus two and a half San Francisco minus five and a half although the best bet is the Saints over the Rams? Uh, in my opinion. Well, let's include that as a bonus pick because I really like that one. Yeah, I, I just, I just, the Rams are just a mess right now. As, as sad as that is, they are a mess. So before I get into my closing thought, and again, gang, this week is going to be a little bit faster as we uh, nurture Ernie through his recovery here. But we do want to talk a little bit of the NBA because okay. Ernie Celtics are on fire they're now at 10 and 3 just a half a game back behind the milwaukee bucks i believe they've won six in a row yes so they i think are one story and i think anytime you can talk about boston and them doing really well that's always good for ernie's health it's good for his recovery so tell me about the boston celtics and the we and the role that they're currently on yeah it's been a good two weeks you know other than my mini stroke it's been a really good two weeks <laughs> the steelers haven't lost in those two weeks albeit one being a bye but the boston celtics are on a six game win streak they look like they're on fire Tatum has hit a new level the guy's third in NBA scoring uh in the question you know at least in the mention for MVP at this at this stage of the game it looks like to be a very deep roster Malcolm Brogdon has has well right now it's either Jason Tatum or Russell Westbrook for the MVP it's (laughs) down to those two (laughs) but Malcolm Brogdon has fit in well albeit he's injured right now Horford, the, the ageless wonder, still producing age 36. Jalen Brown is that second superstar, and their bench is very deep. They, this team can go down to their 11th man and still produce points. They are the number one offense in the NBA, and when Rob Williams gets back, and he will be back sooner than later from the way things look, he's already practicing with the teams, uh, ducking in practice. 
that defense will move up to where they were last year, where they were number one ranked defense. So right now, currently number one ranked offense. If their defense comes back quickly, they're right now into the soft part of their schedule. I expect them to continue this run. Do damage all the way until the end of the year. And that bodes well for Ernie's recovery process. Yes. That we don't <laughs> want anything that adds to the high blood pressure. We want to keep things under control. So just a quick recap of where we stand. We got the Milwaukee Bucks at 10 and 2. They lost a couple of games, but they seem to be going with load management with Giannis yeah. right now. Uh, when you have Giannis sitting out and Middleton not back, that's yeah. really tough situation. The Celtics at 10 and 3, the Hawks are at 8 and 5. Cleveland was eight and one they went on a west coast swing after beating my lakers they lost four in a row um so they've fallen back to eight and five the wizards are surprising eight and six and then you have a bunch of teams at seven and seven with toronto philly um and then at 500 you also have the pacers now the brooklyn nets your favorite team not named boston one and five when steve nash gets fired they're now at six and seven after winning five out of five um four in a row and five out of six since then without Kyrie, without Kyrie now they're playing the Lakers right now they're trailing the Lakers at the half but we all know what happens once we get to the fourth quarter everybody (laughs) catches up and passes the Lakers so that's not going to probably stay so the Brooklyn Nets are playing a little bit better right now still this Kyrie situation is still out there still seems like he's not going to come back to the Nets in some way I don't know what happens with Kyrie I don't think they let him walk I'm not sure who gives up assets it's a it's a weird situation but seems to be addition by subtraction because they're winning now they can win now but in the playoffs Durant's not going to be able to carry them single-handedly in a playoff situation so they're going to need Ben Simmons to be better and I don't think I don't well he's still young but he's definitely a shadow of his former self and Kyrie is gone and they don't have they have nice parts but not enough to help elevate the Nets to be a playoff threat exactly and I don't even think Ben Simmons should even be starting right now he's this is he is starting off worse this is his worst statistically his worst year since since he's gotten into the league and we all see how Kyrie is right now. I mean, they're better without him than with him. I mean, the, that's how it is. That's how it, it was like that when he was with the Celtics. And it's like that now that he's with the Nets. They just play. But the chemistry is not there. He doesn't make the people. He's a great player, a tremendous player. But he doesn't make his teammates better when he plays. Yeah, he doesn't. So in the West, I think, it, again, it's a bunch of surprises. The Utah Jazz lost back-to-back games on an East Coast swing. They had gotten to 10-3. and three. They're now at 10-5. and five. So you have the surprising Portland Trailblazers right now in first place at 9-4, and four, tied with the Denver Nuggets, who Ernie believes is a threat to go to the Western Conference Finals and to represent the West in the Finals. Mm-hmm. Then you have the Jazz there at 10-5. and five. The, the Suns have cooled off a little bit. They're now at 8-4. and four. The Grizzlies, 9-5. and five. Dallas is at 7-5. Pelicans and Clippers are at 7-6, and six, even still without Kawhi Leonard. OKC and San Antonio, shockingly to me, are both 6-7. and seven. Again, they are jeopardizing their efforts to get the big guy <laughs> in last year's draft. <laughs> so they're right there. And bringing up the rear, the Los Angeles Lakers, they started off 0-5. They got red hot winning two in a row. Now they've lost five in a row. LeBron is out injured. Talk about Anthony Davis being traded. He wants to be traded to the Bulls. 
I've heard some some things out between the Lakers and the Warriors involving Draymond and Klay Thompson wow. for Anthony Davis. Um, at this point, the Lakers are going nowhere. Let's just make it exciting and dump it, Anthony Davis and see what we can get in return. Some of the returns that I saw for him, the Lakers would be foolish not to pounce on this because he's not getting any younger, so he's not going to get any more durable, uh, and and we're not going anywhere. We're certainly not going to go anywhere. So we'll see what the Lakers do. At this point in time, the Lakers are they're not going anywhere. They're they're certainly not a world championship caliber team. LeBron is injured. Let's make a deal. Yeah, yeah. Anthony Davis to the Celtics for Jason Tatum. <laughs> no way. Robert Williams and and Jalen Brown for Anthony Davis. Oh, no way. And Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Wait, I better not say that. I shouldn't talk about the Celtics. I don't want to raise the stress level for Ernie. But that's kind of what the NBA is dealing with right now. Um it's way too early, but yeah. I do think that in the East, I think the East is falling the way we saw with the Celtics and the Bucks. I think they are the, t- the two best teams. We'll have to see if the Sixers can recover at some point or what the Nets will end up being at the end of the year. I still like what the Hawks and Cavs are capable of doing. Mm. Um, and But in the West, I, th- I still think it's an absolute crapshoot because I'm not sure the Trailblazers and the Utah Jazz are going to stay at the top of the West. But you never know. I mean, they're playing great ball right now. NCAA basketball started this week as well. Gonzaga right. won 64 to 63 on the ship, on the aircraft carrier there in wow. San Diego, trailing virtually the whole game until the very end, find a way to squeeze out a victory. Duke has a couple of blowouts. North Carolina has struggled in both of their first two games, but that's what you expect. They're the number one team now. They're going to get everybody's best. Right. And can they stay motivated right now? They were on a roll at the end of last year, but they stay there. But I just love college basketball. And the fact that it's back is really really exciting whether it be the rainbow warriors or gonzaga or michigan or any one of the other teams that that i like so with that i'm going to transition anything else you want to talk about in the nba go ahead i'm going to transition into my my mid-season nfl awards so i will go through these at one time and then i will go to ernie for his opinion on some of these um I mean, if Ernie's smart, he's going to agree with everything I say. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's some that are questionable that you could go in, in, in many different directions. So I'm going to start off with the easy ones uh, and then I'll build up to the MVP. I think the coach of the year right now is a three-man race. It's Brian Dable, Pete Carroll, and Robert Sala. I think the Jets, the Giants, and the Seahawks are certainly the surprises right now. If you're going to base it based on what the expectation was to what they're doing, there are people that are going to say Nick Sirianni. I mean, they are undefeated at this point in time, so I totally get it. But for me, expectation to results, Dable, Pete Carroll, and Sala are my choices. And right now, I would go with Brian Dable because I think he has the worst situation. Um, But any of the three could be the winner. Okay, so well, why don't we do that? Any any thoughts on, on the coach of the year? Yeah, I, I would lead towards Salah. Just, I mean, it's just second. Just because it's the Jets? Yeah, no, not just because it's just. I, I like what, I mean, he's in his second year. He's able to do what a lot of coaches prior to him weren't able to, which is basically develop his young players and, uh, you know, make them a team, basically. I mean, they've always had the high draft picks. They've always had the high draft picks. They just didn't play as a team. And, 
this coach is doing it, you yeah. know? Well, they certainly are. They, they, they're drafting well and they're playing well. So we'll, we'll have to see. Again, it's fun to say at the mid-year because Dable and Salah both are playing in what appears to be the best divisions yeah. in both both sides. So they still have, the Giants still have Philly twice, Dallas one more time. So they could get on a losing streak here. And then the Jets still have to run the gamut of everyone else for one more time. So we'll see there. So comeback player of the year. It's it's kind of an unusual situation. The winner that I have, I mean, I think you could go Saquon Barkley, who's been out for a couple of injuries. He's had an unbelievable year. He can be there. But for me, the comeback is not because somebody was hurt. The comeback is from what he's been for his first 10 years in the league with four different teams to now a legitimate MVP candidate. Geno Smith for me, the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, is my comeback player of the year. Again, not because he was hurt last year, because he's done nothing for 10 years. Going a journeyman from four different teams, all of a sudden he's an MVP candidate. So it really depends on how you want to look on things. Saquon Barkley has always been a high achiever. Only handicap would be if he gets hurt. So I get it. He got hurt last year, so he's back this year and he's playing better. He could win the award. But I just think what Geno Smith is doing this year is remarkable considering what he's done for the first 10 years of his career. So yeah. I got Geno over Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I can agree with that one. I mean, Saquon is, has definitely, you know, because of his injury, I mean, the, the traditional way of looking at right. this, this particular award. But, you know, Geno Smith, I can't deny you. I mean, he, he's having a terrific season. Uh, you know, and if it keeps up that might be I, I wouldn't be surprised if he takes that award I would put the same thing for Tua Tua has been injured for most of his career on top of that going through coordinator after coordinator after coordinator coach after coach after coach I mean I would put him in that conversation also he could be he certainly could be so my defensive rookie of the year um, this one is pretty easy. I've got Sauce Gardner as my defensive rookie of the year over Tariq Woolen, who is the DB for the Seahawks, who's way over a tease, but as a fourth or fifth round draft pick. Mm-hmm. But Sauce Gardner is a difference maker. He is a lockdown, raise the level of play of everybody else on your team defensive back. Oh yeah, that one. That one I kind of disagree with. <laughs> that and my tongue is getting tired. <laughs> All right. Okay. So let me roll through the next one. See, see, the next one at this point in time, I think most people, most pundits, have Chris Olave as the offensive rookie of the year over Kenneth Walker. I have Kenneth Walker, and I believe by year end, Kenneth Walker's statistics are going to be so gaudy that he's going to overtake Chris Olave. Chris Olave's having a great year. He's going to go for 1,000 yards. Uh But I think Kenneth Walker, who scored touchdowns in five straight games leading into today, he's going to end up with well over 1,000 yards, probably 12 to 15 touchdowns. Kenneth Walker is the real deal. I think they compare him to what they had in the days of the Legion of Boom and Marshawn Lynch, the way he runs, the way he plays. I love Kenneth Walker. I think he's going to be the offensive rookie of the year. Defensive player of the year. This is where um, it could be a lot. I mean, traditionally, you have like Aaron Donald. That's not going to happen this year. Um 
Right now, I think the consensus for most is in, there's two guys towards the top, and that's Micah Parsons of the Dallas Cowboys, Judon. Nick Bosa of the San Francisco 49ers. Um, you know, Matthew Judon has 11 and a half sacks, but I don't think anyone is really talking about his overall impact the way that they're talking about some of the others. Mm-hmm. So right now, if I had to pick somebody, I would take Micah Parsons over Nick Bosa because he missed a game and a half as my defensive player of the year. I like Justin Houston too. I, I mean, I, I don't. I wouldn't mind if Mike Parsons got it. Terrific talent, uh, and we still got a half season. So he could very well, uh, you know, open up his uh, stats uh, to to you know separate himself. Uh, Houston, uh, I just like what he's done with with Baltimore. I mean, I hate Baltimore. They're a rival of the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, but he's made a difference in that defensive scheme. He has. So, Offensive Player of the Year. I don't even have any doubt right here. To me, this is the most obvious. It's Tyreek Hill, wide receiver mm. with, the, with the Miami Dolphins. 1,200 yards receiving already through 10 weeks. That's crazy. And he's changed everything for them. Yeah. I mean, his speed... He's such a perfect fit for Tua because Tua likes to tack the middle of the field and his speed creates some space where Tua excels. Tua doesn't have the strongest arm, so it's not about making those 40-yard outs. It's that attacking that middle of the field where he's super accurate. Tyree Kill for me is the easiest award winner so far. He's having a year this year like Cooper Cup had last year. I like Tyree Kill as the offensive player. Uh, I would agree with you on top of that. And, and just to mention that he just fits, he com- he complements both Tua's game and Waddle. Yeah, yeah, they're they are perfect. Because Waddle, Waddle, Waddle will will do the long runs, and like you said, uh, Tyree Kill will take the dump passes and create and make them look like. Uh, Long passes out there. Okay, so now the MVP. So with the MVP, I have five guys that I want to talk about in no particular order other than who I have is the winner. Tyreek Hill, to me, still has to be considered one of the five favorites for the MVP because of the overall impact that he's having on that team. So I'm not going to talk more about him because I've already talked about him. The leader for the MVP until last week was Josh Allen. He is really dropped off. Yeah. And like, I don't even know if he's in my top five right now after his performances the last two weeks with all the turnovers. And they lost twice. He still has to do more than any other player in in the football because he's still leading them in rushing and he has to carry them passing and he's injured so he has the potential to come back into the race but right now i think he's faded ahead of him right now or at least even with him at this point in time Tua Tungavailoa now many people may be like what Tua but we talked about it earlier 7-0 when he plays 0-3 0-3 when he does it. So uh, by definition, Tyreek Hill, Waddle, all those guys are there when he's not playing. Right. Yet when he is playing, they're they 7-0. Yep, and they they're win. beating some good teams too. And now they're rolling some teams. You know, So I have Tua in there. Jalen Hurts, I believe you have to have in there. Both his rushing and his passing stats are never going to be that much. But he has 12 touchdown passes. He has six or, six or seven rushes. But they're undefeated right now. So I, you have an undefeated quarterback. They're going to get MVP votes. So right. I think I think Jalen Hurts is going to be over there. But my MVP 
is Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he now four more touchdowns today. I believe he's up to 24-25 right now. They're at 7-2. and two. Uh, I believe Patrick Mahomes right now would be my MVP. I believe he has the best combination of the statistics as well as the, the one-loss one record. Um, I think he he's the winner right now for the MVP. I would have to agree with that. I mean, he lost... He lost that weapon in Tyreek Hill, and he's still producing the numbers. I mean, when you when you say that your 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 best receiver out there is a tight end, I mean, and he's producing those numbers, I mean, that has something to do with the quarterback. So, yeah, no arguments with me. I would like Mahomes also. All right, so recapping, Patrick Mahomes would be my MVP right now. Offensive Player of the Year, Tyreek Hill. Defensive Player of the Year right now, uh, Michael Parsons very very slim and that that's one that could be a number of players i like kenneth walker over chris olavi as the offensive rookie of the year scoss uh, sauce gardner as the easy defensive rookie of the year comeback player of the year by my definition geno smith barely over saquon barkley both of them are great candidates and then coach of the year it's one of those three ernie prefers robert sala which is a good pick i have brian dable right now because he's in one year half a year change the the mindset of the giants uh p carroll has to be mentioned so that's my picks as of right now so i think gang we love your participation so on social media if you can hit us up at sports rivals podcast on ig and facebook sports rivals pod on twitter tell us what you think who are your mid-season awards um all those rams fans out there sorry guys we win the most disappointing (laughs) team of the year award so we've got nothing there but i encourage you to participate you guys got nfl picks that you want to share let us know who you guys have your top five now with some losses this week i'm really curious to see fans of certain teams dallas fans are your cowboys still top five i'm betting you think you're thinking buffalo fans should they have dropped out of the top five i bet in your mind they're still the best team in the nfl they may be, but they've lost two in a row. So it's kind of all over the place right now. So it is a uh, wacky world. But tell us what you think. Again, it's Sports Rivals Podcast on IG and Facebook, Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter. Anything else you want to cover today, Ernie? Just that. Thanks for putting up with my speech. It will improve. <laughs> oh, it'll definitely improve. And we appreciate all of your support and your prayers for Ernie's complete and quick healing and recovery. Next weekend, we anticipate talking a little bit about the World Cup as the men's yeah. teams start to ascend on Qatar in the Middle East. For It's so weird to have the World Cup starting Thanksgiving week, but that's exactly yeah. what's going to happen. I am super excited. I was really excited for the U.S. men and the possibilities in the summer. They have limped in into the world cup now have not been playing well in their last minute tune-ups a little bit of surprises on the roster that they assembled together but we're going to be all in for the u.s men hopefully that they can have a positive showing in the world cup in the meantime gang we encourage you again to check out Kule and Alan Mia in the mornings on Wake Up in the Den. That's from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. on 760 a.m. or 95.1 on your FM dial. As Again, they are the leaders, the local people who turn to with the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. That's Kule and Alan Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. till 9 a.m. again. 760 AM and 95.1 FM. We appreciate your sport. We appreciate your your prayers. And until next week, Ernie, the sports rivals are out. Thank you for joining us on the Sports Rivals podcast. 
Check us out on social media at Sports Rivals Podcasts on Instagram and at Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter, where you can share topics you'd like to hear. 